News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FMWVN, the News Talk giant of North Alabama. Glad you're with us. This is Right Side Radio, and I'm your host, Phil Williams, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, hey listen, um, I started to say, and I got kind of down to the wire there on my on my last break, I want to I go back to a comment I was making. So it, it is not enough just to know, you know what the top of the ballot is. I mean, it's easy right now. For instance, if, if the election were tomorrow, I think everybody would know that, uh, that Governor Kay Ivey is running for re-election, and, and she's currently unopposed. And so what happens is when you have a top-of-the-ballot unopposed race, uh, people forget to look into what the others are. When they're already engaged at the top of the ballot, they tend to go, oh, wh- wait, what else is happening too? And they tend to focus. But when, when the top of the ballot is unopposed, it, it creates sort of a lack of interest or for that matter, just a forgetfulness uh, to, to, to sort of dial in on what's happening with the rest of the races that are on the ballot. There's going to be a lot on this next ballot. You just heard one a moment ago, state auditor. Literally in 2014, when I was running for my second term in the state Senate, a guy was running for um, state auditor at the time, and he ran on a campaign that he was going to do away with the job altogether. I was already four years in state government at that point, and it kind of keyed me into the idea that I need to figure out what's this job that he's running for that he says he would do away with. Well, okay. Uh, it, it clued me in, but it also made me look at the jobs that other folks have that are going to be on your ballot. What is the public service commission? It's a big, big deal. Y'all it votes on your utility rates. What is, uh, your state school board? What's a big, big deal. They vote on your school policy and, and, and everything from local to state. All right. Pay attention and figure it out. And I, and I got friends all the time, that you know, because I'm involved in state government or working in public policy. Um, I've had people literally call me or text me from the voting booth. Hey, Val, I'm voting right now. Who do you like for this one? You know, that kind of thing happens. And that's fine. I get it because there's so many on the ballot sometimes. But I would just encourage you, know all the races. And if, you, if, you're, if you're a big fan of, of, you know, Governor Ivey running for re-election or whoever the Democrats eventually put up, then you know that part of the ballot. But you got to know the rest of the ballot. And that one right there, state auditor, who knew? Who knew state auditor? Copper, I'm going to ask you right now. Here it is. Here's your, here's, your, here's your civics lesson or civics question. Did you know the state auditor appoints people to the board of registrars for elections? I did not. Go figure. I don't think most of the state knows that. Hmm. And, and so what that basically means is in 66 of our 67 counties, there's this group called the Board of Registrars, and they literally are the ones who maintain your voter rolls, register people to vote, make sure that the ballots are accurate, and that's kind of important, especially with what we saw happen last year. So, yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of politics, uh, Copper, I don't know if you're tracking, um, but it's political season. Have you got that already? No, I missed that. <laughs> oh, the sarcasm dripping from the microphone right now. Yeah, so... Um, it is, and, and what's interesting, y'all, is uh, fundraising, of course, is a huge deal. And, and, and yes, there are PACs, and yes, there are you know, big money groups and corporations that can give money, uh, but it's amazing, too, how much a difference it makes. I always tell people, if you like a candidate, then, then just for the cost of what you could have you know, paid for a pizza, you could support that candidate. Uh, people used to tell me, well, I don't have much, but I'd like to give $20 to your campaign. Well, that meant the world to me. It's like the widow's might sometimes. I mean, sometimes the person who will give you 20 bucks, it means more to them 
to not have that 20 bucks in their own pocket anymore than it did for the millionaire to give me 500. Um, and so it, it makes a difference. Let me, let me put it in perspective for you. If you give a candidate for, let's pick a race, pick a race, copper. T- tell me, tell me a race, a localized or a state race. What, what, just pick one. What uh, the congressional seat that Mo Brooks is vacating. Okay. So the congressional seat right now, Dale Strong, Casey Wardinsky, and a couple of others are running for this office. Um, how much do you think it costs uh, copper to print a campaign sign? One sign that you put in your yard. Ooh, $8. There you go. That's about right. So once you start putting them, it depends on what kind of sign you have. It depends on how many you have made in bulk, but let's go ahead and, and, and figure your campaign is wanting to have, you know, signs and yards everywhere. Mm. And then each one of them is going to cost you five to $10. Let's say eight. All right. Every time somebody gives you $20, they have bought you two and a half signs. And that's what you have to do. You have to put it in perspective. Man. So, I mean, if you, if you, somebody would tell me, I can only give you like, you know, 50 bucks, man. It's all, I'll, I'll, but I want to, I want to help somehow. I'd say, man, thank you. I would always tell them, thank you. You just, you just bought me like, you know, 10 yard signs. Or you just, you just bought, you know, eight more t-shirts that I can give out to folks to wear. Because every time you bought me a t-shirt, they wear it, it like it multiplies. Hmm. So it, it's, it's amazing what it will do for you to get involved in a campaign. But the other thing I'll tell you right now, um, I think my campaigns, you know, they were expensive. Uh, I ran for the state Senate. And by the way, the teachers union hated me. Just go figure. But the teachers union hated me and did all they could to try and make sure I did not get elected or reelected. Uh, didn't work. But uh, all that to say, when I was in the middle of it all, my second race, Copper, get this, I'm a state senator representing four counties in northeast Alabama. My recollection, I'd have to go back and look at the reports, but my recollection was that my race wound up being the third most expensive legislative race, aside from the Speaker pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House at the time. Mine was the third most expensive, and I want to say I personally raised and spent $770,000 just for a state Senate four-county race. Wow. That's what it takes. And, I mean, the teachers' union was throwing everything they had at me. Liberals couldn't stand the idea of Phil Williams going back to the Senate. But we did it. And the majority um, came from, you know, well, a lot of it came from big money donors and that kind of thing. But a lot of my donations came from the 20 and 40 and $50 donations. But on top of that, it was the volunteers. Man, we had the best campaign, y'all. I mean, it was just magic. There was one particular day when um, – and we just we just basically called it Williams Army, and and we had these T-shirts with the uh, actually. By the way, I'll clue you in on something here if you didn't already know this. The Right Side Radio logo is the logo from my last campaign. It did us so well, we decided to keep it. And uh, so that that star uh, with those wings, that that was in our last campaign. All that to say, we had people wearing those T-shirts and going out door to door and showing up at festivals and and you know and manning the phones and. And, and I could not have done it without these folks who just gave up their time uh, because they believed enough in me and Charlene to go to Montgomery and do good things. And, um, and I can remember one particular day, it was like the day that every community wanted to have its festival. It was ridiculous. And we wanted to be at all of them. And guess what? We were at all of them. I personally made the rounds to like five different community festivals, like, you know, Southside City Fest and, 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 and Glencoe's uh, day in the park, uh, and you know, just that kind of thing. But I had volunteers with tents 
and we did it classy. I mean, Charlene has this beautiful quality aspect of putting things together. And so every single one of our booths look like professional. And there's my, my opponent down the way with nothing but a folding table and, and, you know, people in mismatched t-shirts, we were looking like an army and, but I couldn't have done it without these people, these volunteers. So folks, I'm just telling you, if you're not the one to run for office, find somebody who you believe in and get behind them. You will be a part of something that makes a difference. And by the way, I saw people who were in my first campaign who are to this day still in politics. Uh, you know, f- funny story. So the guy who um, came on board with no political background to help run my, um, my second campaign uh, literally uh, is now working in D.C. That's after working full-time for the speaker pro tem or the majority leader, I'm sorry, in um, uh, the uh, state house. Uh, just, just did an amazing bit of work. And, and uh, John was somebody indispensable who, who just did magic things for our campaign. But he got bit by the bug, and he's still going. Uh, and I've seen the same thing for several others who have now run for office that uh, were working in our campaign. Um, so anyway, but listen to this. News, flash, fundraising is underway. So Dale Strong right now. So we got our race right here locally, y'all. Mo Brooks, of course, is running for the U.S. Senate. So the two lead candidates right now for replacing him are uh, uh, County Commission Chairman of Madison County, Dale Strong, and then former city school superintendent and retired Army officer, Casey Wardinsky. And right now, Dale Strong is leading strongly in fundraising, reporting uh, $432,000 raised uh, so far. Uh, And that's a a big filing. Casey Wardinsky started about a month after Strong, I believe. Uh, but his um, campaign reports 106,000 in donations. So that's a pretty significant bump. Um, wow. All right, we'll see how that plays out in the long term. But uh, Dale Strong has certainly got uh, a lot of local support uh, and is raising money. Then you got the U.S. Senate race. What does it take money-wise to run for U.S. Senate? Well, it takes a lot of money, a lot of money, um, a whole lot of money. And Katie Britt uh, is, is definitely outpacing Mo Brooks right now. And we have some others uh, in the race. Of course, we had Linda Blanchard on the show yesterday. She's running from the Montgomery area. Uh, Jessica Taylor may be on the show with us uh, uh, later this week. But right now, the two lead candidates are uh, uh, Congressman Mo Brooks and um, former president of the uh, Business Council of Alabama, Katie Britt. Katie Britt just reported breaking all records in fundraising. In her first month, she raised $2.2 million. Did you know that, Copper? No, that's quite a lot. That's, I mean, that's significant. That's a haul. That is a, now the question is, can she keep it up? And I will say this, uh, she is, um, she is viewed as a solid candidate, a good candidate, but she's also viewed as the establishment candidate and she does not have the Trump endorsement. That Trump endorsement has already been given to, um, Congressman Mo Brooks. So I don't know, Copper, what do you think? What kind of price tag do you put on a Trump endorsement? Ooh, quite a lot. I mean, wouldn't you think? Uh, I, I would anticipate that that's worth dollar signs in essence by itself. Um, that's my thought. Anyway. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and then on top of that, Mo Brooks did also get an endorsement from Club for Growth. Uh, Club for Growth is an organization. You may recall the very first day of Right Side Radio, we had the national president from D.C. of Club for Growth on the show. Uh, we were talking about scorecards for legislators. But Club for Growth is one of the few organizations, by the way, extremely conservative organization, 
uh, one of the few that will get into primaries. A lot of them stay out of the primary. They'll jump in later when it's time for the general election because they don't want to, like, you know, rock the boat and, and put all their money on, on somebody. Not Club for Growth. Club for Growth says, you know what? We like that when we're in, and they just get in. And uh, so Club for Growth has also endorsed Mo Brooks uh, and came out and, um, and, you know, considered him to be uh, one of the most conservative members of Congress uh, to date um, and somebody who fought for Trump tax cuts and did all the things that Club for Growth uh, believes as a fiscally conservative organization should be done. So it's really interesting to watch. And what we're going to wind up seeing is, um, so Katie Britt right now has the dollar signs. Uh, there's actually an article on um, AL.com. Oh, yeah, AL.com. Anyway, there's an article on AL.com that says that Mo Brooks has indeed fallen behind Katie Britt. Yes, $2.2 million. That's That's... That's respectable. You can't sneeze at it. You can do a lot with $2 million. Mo Brooks has uh, over a million himself, but he also has Trump's endorsement, and he also has the endorsement of Club for Growth. So lots more to come. All I'm saying to you guys is money is a huge part of elections, but it's not everything. So do not, do not look at this and say, well, that person has more money. The first time I ran for office, I was well outspent, I mean like by a long shot, by the longtime Democrat incumbent. And uh, my race just got out there and worked our tails off, knocked on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doors, literally were everywhere, putting on what I would call a classy positive campaign that portrayed, you know, a reason why there should be change. And, and we won and we won handily. And then on top of that, we went back and won again. Um, 2018 decided not to uh, not to go for a third term. I believe in term limits. But um, all that to say, folks, pick your candidate. Pay attention to what's going on in the races, and then go for it. Maybe you want to run. Maybe you want to run for dog catcher. I don't care. But we got to have good people do it. Good, solid, conservative, godly people have got to get in office. And then on top of that, if it's not you to run, maybe it's you to support. Maybe it's you to knock on a door. Maybe it's you to put up a sign. Do not sit idly by, because if you do, you're stuck with what happens, and you will have no say. This is your right to have a say. Hey, listen, we got plenty more where that came from. We're going to come back top of the hour in a few minutes, talk to Matt Clark from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. I got lots of stuff on why are guns and ammo so scarce right now. We're going to talk about it. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Glad you are with us. This is Right Side Radio. I'm Phil Williams, your host. As always, we like to say solid, conservative, and just plain right. The goal of this show is to make sure you know it's your show and that we're going to do all that we can to empower and educate and enlighten and entertain you. I hope that you were tuned in earlier. We had a, uh, you know, my usual right side way monologue followed by um, a thing we call Adventures in Woke World. But if you ever want to hear these clips afterward, by the way, you can just go to our website, www.rightsideradio.org. And every morning after the previous day's shows, we post the segments of the show uh, to include the monologues and things like uh, Adventures in Woke World. So um, if you want to see it again, it's, it's www.rightsideradio.org. 
Hey, listen, one of the things you'll also find on there, you, you've heard me talk about the Alabama Policy Institute. Really proud to be a part of that organization. Uh, I've been with them now since I left office in 2018. And, uh, and I used to rely upon their research when I was down in the Senate to help me uh, form the basis for some of my arguments or, or, or you know, debates at the podium. And, and, and they do great work. But one of the things that we came out with this year for the first time, we call it our legislative scorecard. And our legislative scorecard is called the watch list because in Ezekiel 33, 2, I believe it is, it says the people shall choose from among them one to be the watchman. And it talked about a watchman being somebody who would stand upon the wall and, and literally call out when they see the enemy coming or, or, or alarm people to, to get busy and get to work. So the watch list came out this year. Kind of interesting. We had a number of things that we graded our legislators on. Uh, a lot of them uh, hate the idea they were getting graded because it told the world, uh, you know, what's happening. And we've already had a few victories, I would like to say. Um, we pointed out some people that claim to be conservative, uh, Republicans who are ranking lower than Democrats in the conservative scale that we put on them. Uh, they are also, uh, it's interesting to see how it's already being used in races. Uh, we had one of our most conservative members of the state house uh, recently announced, uh, Jim Carnes, that he's running for re-election. And one of the first things he touted was that he was proud to have a, um, uh, one of the highest rankings in the Alabama State House, uh, and, and from the, what he called the, I believe, the ultra-conservative uh, Alabama, poli- and highly influential, he said, ultra-conservative and highly influential uh, Alabama Policy Institute. Well, today, I think we have another one. So one of the things we graded them on, y'all, is attendance. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds too easy. Grading them on attendance. Phil, I mean, they're grown people. They're they're elected officials. Why, pray tell, would you grade them on attendance? Because some of them are sorry at it. That's why. It's just, it's unreal, y'all. So we reported on this show for the first time that I don't think, I don't think anybody in the state even knew it was happening, that there was one state senator who has not even been present in Montgomery in two years, and yet she still holds the office. And that's Senator Priscilla Dunn. I've been very careful not to sort of beat her up. You know, I, my understanding is that she has some health issues um, and, and there may be some decline there uh, that is something you would never want anybody to have to have. All said and done, Democratic State Senator Priscilla Dunn of Bessemer has not been in Montgomery for over two years, but just announced today that she will not be seeking re-election, although she does intend to finish out her term, which means that I would suspect at the end of her term, she will have not been there for three years. And that is unacceptable. There's already two members of the state house announcing they will run for her seat. Uh, But you know what? There should have already been a special election to replace her because your elected officials need to show up and do their work. But I'm glad that the Alabama Policy Institute's legislative scorecard, the watch list, pointed it out. And you can find that. You can find our watch list at www.rightsideradio.org or at the Alabama Policy Institute. Hey, we're going to be right back after this with my friend Matt Clark. You're going to want to hear this segment, What's Happening in Montgomery. It's big news. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Hey! 